it has taken a while for this technology to catch on and also it has evolved into a something else where people who were expected to get disrupted by this technology have actually embraced it Hi everyone this is Alok Gupta I'm a principal in Capgemini Consulting I'm part of the financial services practice at Capgemini Consulting based in New York I'm here today with uh, my colleague Lars Boeing Lars you would like to introduce yourself Hi everyone I am Lars Lars Boeing I'm also part of the financial services practice in Capgemini New York I'm very excited to be here today with you Alok So Lars we're talking about one of the topics that you and I have discussed in depth before it's a, it's a topic that is interesting for both of us which is blockchain and bitcoin and very happy to have this uh, this podcast with you um you know it's it's interesting i was just looking trying to trace back the history and i was just looking at um, when was this uh, started it was about 8 or 9 years ago that that uh, the famous white paper was uh, published by satoshi nakamoto on on, on uh, this topic so it's been you know quite a few years but i still find it interesting that whenever i read some articles on this topic there's always a need for the authors to still explain what blockchain is i just find, find it interesting that this is a technology which has been now in existence for a long time but still there is you know not complete clarity on what this is and there are different ways of defining it which is quite fascinating also i'm smiling a little bit to myself because you're you're right i mean the technology has been around now for almost 10 years something like that i think the times we we're heading in right now is that actually someone actually now figures out what to do with it apart from using it yeah, for bitcoin which was originally applied to right like the first cryptocurrency that was created only be a proof of concept for the technology and eventually also the technology pieces that they use for this blockchain is not fancy it's not new it's have been around for a while but now people actually start to develop something on it and that's really interesting to see yeah and the you know what you bring out is an interesting point because it's also how technology evolves and this was when it came out people were like wow this is the cryptocurrency it's uh, permissionless it's uh, peer to peer it's very transparent it uh, can uh, solve the problem of trust and you know doesn't require centralized institutions so will have a big impact on banks and now we find that incumbent banks are actually using this technology they are forming consortiums and they are you know becoming one of the biggest consumers of of this technology which is i think is in line with what we are just talking about that it has taken a while for this technology to catch on and also it has evolved into a something else where people who were expected to get disrupted by this technology have actually embraced it that's the most interesting part of the development when bitcoin was released everyone said oh this is going to be you know at the end of the payments industry this is going to be at the end of banks because you don't need the middleman anymore you have solved your your as you mentioned your trustee and your trust problem with that distributed ledger technology um the storage of of uh, of information throughout a network that that hinders any meddling or fraud with that but yet banks have picked up it and and i think banks are the ones that or of financial services industry uh, players also insurance are picking up on it too are uh, really mm-hmm. on the forefront of applying that technology and and i find that very interesting i mean yes um banks are trying to create their own cryptocurrency and bitcoin is under pressure even though it's at the highest valuation ever um it's losing market share and yet to other uh, currencies yeah 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 but but cryptocurrency as such was really long for a long time viewed as not sustainable. And now even Japan, the uh, Japan uh, National Bank uh, accepts Bitcoin as the official currency. Uh, and that's a big step forward for these technologies, too, I think. Yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, it's really reaching a stage where it's uh, realizing the true potential. And one of the aspects of a really powerful technology is the kind of experimentation that takes place and sits on top of the technology and allows entrepreneurs to start experimenting with it. And that's what we also see as another aspect of this, where you have all kinds of different functions, um, different use cases, uh, different types of experiments being done. You have distributed ledgers, you have private ledgers, you have you know things like Ethereum out there, you have um, use cases which might not have been thought of ever like the decentralized autonomous organization which is driven by smart contracts the application of this is now being seen in industries which would have been very difficult to have been impacted by technology such as diamonds where you still can't put a chip into a diamond to track it but this actually helps doing that in um, in terms of creating all these kinds of use cases which i find also quite fascinating that, that is true and um, i also read an article just recently about a a marketplace that was created through a blockchain technology for art, where, where actually, you know, um, you don't need to go through an auctioneer or, or any other art trader anymore. You just use the blockchain technology to bring together art holders and art buyers and, and uh, ensuring by using blockchain technology, ensuring that you actually hold the right piece of art in front of you. It's not uh, falsified. It's not copycat uh, kind of thing. And that's, that's really interesting to see. But what I also find particularly interesting is that banks not only apply it to create new products and services, but they also understand the potential that this technology brings for them to, to even create uh, efficiency gains. When you, when you apply this technology, for example, for trade reconciliation, and the need for reconciliation actually goes away because you don't need to have a clearinghouse anymore. You don't need to clear your deals anymore because it's all stored and obviously monitored by smart contracts. That's, uh, I think, also some efficiency gains that, that we will see in the future coming up that technology probably not been envisioned before, just like you mentioned. That's a great point on how uh, financial services companies are utilizing this. It's almost like they want to you know, unleash this technology in areas which... Uh, previously were much more inefficient, were fraud-ridden, and then, you know, by using this technology, a lot of resources can be diverted into much more value-creating activities, right? Also, Lars, I wanted to just quickly, and I know that you've done a lot of thinking in this space also, in, in terms of, given the overall general topic that we are having this podcast as part of, which is Beyond the Buzz and, you know, what's out there for blockchain. Um, and I just wanted to catch on to what you just mentioned. One of the things that strikes me as um, something of high potential going forward is going to be this, this whole aspect of digitizing illiquid assets such as art, you know, um, precious gems, for example, those kinds of things, which is, um, you know, a way of creating new marketplaces, which didn't exist before, you know, allowing exchanges, and maybe also new business models, right? So I, I see that as something quite interesting that can happen going forward. Uh, actually, you're 
completely right, uh, Alok. And, and I think if you do a little bit forward thinking and look at the other spectrum of financial services, so for insurance companies, for example, if they apply smart contracts um, to, to any asset they insure and use it just to ensure that the underlying asset they are insuring is still in place, it's still intact, uh, and, and they have control over it um, or use uh, probably blockchain technology also in case of any event use a smart contract to trigger triggered by any event to do something on the blockchain um, that could be combined with the asset and the internet uh, internet of things technology I think there's a lot of potential for that technology out there yeah I agree you know, as you were mentioning that the um, there is obviously a lot of work that has been done in um, in removing inefficiencies from systems and also removing fraud from the systems. And I think that I'm really looking forward to ways in which this, this technology, and it will be um, more and more, is, is deployed to actually create and generate new revenue sources for, you know, financial services companies, especially because both of, work, both of us work in this sector and, and, and are there new business models that can be created based on this, which will come up more and more in the future, whether they're new marketplaces, whether they are micro transactions that can be enabled by this um, by this uh, technology uh, using some kind of a cryptocurrency. Um, you know, we already, you already gave the example of how it's getting more and more adopted. So I think that's something which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm sure that once this technology has been fully deployed and taking out inefficiencies in the system, we'll start finding and observing use cases of this in areas where it's actually being used to create new revenue streams I think that's one of the topics that that uh, will blockchain will help to create that revenue streams and if you look at a recent example where Nasdaq uh, jo- joined with city to create a new exchange um, that obviously is happening it's so it's not only a proof of concept anymore it's hitting the market it's becoming applied and it's becoming applied technology and we will see it taking over and becoming uh, day-to-day technologies pretty soon. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure of that. And if our listeners want to learn more about that, I guess we should also um, point them to our point of view on smart contracts and what they can do, which is available on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, they can download it for free and do some reading on their own. Um, and hopefully they come up with some ideas that we should talk about in future podcasts if they like this. So this was great, uh, Lars, talking to you. And for the listeners out there, we can just perhaps give us give them some information about uh, where they can reach us. So I'm on LinkedIn, Alok Gupta. I'm a principal at Capgemini, so you can find my profile. And on Twitter, it's uh, my handle is Alok Gupta NYC, all one word, obviously. So look forward to getting uh, and hearing your comments and feedback. Yes, and if you want to reach me, I'm on LinkedIn, Lars Boeing uh, with Capgemini. I'm looking forward also to read your tweets. You can reach me on Twitter at Lars in New York. So any suggestions, comments, please reach out to the two of us. We are looking forward to engage with you. People matter. Results count.